welcome to the preaching ministry of the Agape Baptist Church in George, South Africa. Our reading before the message this morning is from Ephesians 4, and I'm going to read the section from verse 11 to verse 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the, the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it itself built, so so that it builds itself up in love. Uh, good morning. If you have your places there in Ephesians four, we're going to continue our series in this letter, Ephesians chapter four. This morning we're, we'll be looking specifically at verses um, twelve and thirteen. Do you ever find that uh, you struggle with relationships? Uh, well, we, we all do at times, don't we? It's just a, a reality of uh, the world we live in. But broken relationships should not be the norm for the child of God. Um, you can think about the people in the circle of your influence, uh, your family and friends, people at work, maybe people at school. Or of prime concern, the, the people within the body of Christ. Uh, do you often find yourself at odds with others? Romans twelve eighteen says, If possible, so far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. So by that statement, we, we, we know, and we know also by our experience, that it's not always within our control. Some, there is situations that, no matter how hard we try, we can't resolve. But it's something that, uh, as believers, it should be a priority in our lives. It should be something that we uh, pursue after. This resolution of conflicts and avoidance of uh, those kinds of relationships that are, are broken. <clears throat> Paul also writes in the context of the church in uh, 2 Corinthians, right at the end of that letter, chapter 13, verse 11, he says, Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for reconciliation, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Well, this morning we'll look at our text here in Ephesians 4. One of the most important principles that we have concerning good relationships within the body of Christ. And in fact, it will apply to all of our relationships, and that is being a builder. And we'll see what Paul means by that in a bit. But last week, we looked at verses 11 and 12, that God had given spiritual leaders to the church for the purpose of equipping the church to be able to do the work of ministry. And by that phrase, the work of ministry, Paul's 
not saying that every believer's called to a vocational ministry to be a pastor or some other uh, minister of the gospel in that way, but but that every believer has a part in the body of Christ and is uh, involved in the ministry to each other. And that's what this word ministry is speaking of. It's, it's the word diakonia, and it simply means service. We get our, we get our word deacon from that, diakonia, the, the ministry. Uh, so we see God's plan for the church is that every part of the body be involved in serving one another. At the end of verse 12, he gives us the purpose for or unto the building up of the body of Christ. And so that's the reason for the title this morning, Are You a Builder? You know, we're all different. We all have different uh, abilities and gifts. And with all these differences, God wants us all to be involved in this building up process of the body. In this uh, context, Paul mixes the metaphors, and he, he has two here that's his favorite for the, the, the church, the building and a body. The church is, is like a building or a temple that's being built up. Uh, it's, a, it's a living, growing building. Uh, Peter would speak of, uh, of us as living stones as part of this, uh, this temple. We also see this imagery of the body being used here, and it's very helpful in this context of describing how the, the body is to function with all of its different parts working together uh, for the good of the whole. And so, again, the question, are you part of this building up process? Uh, when uh, Daniel and Kelsey moved earlier this year, beginning of the year, to uh, come and stay with us, we had uh, them in their house, and we got to be around the kids and see how they interact with each other. And Emma, who's um, uh, the oldest, she likes to build with these uh, Duplo blocks, you know, and build things up. She's always, you know, liking, likes to do that. And uh, Henry, who at the time was a, a year and a half, he likes to break him down. <laughs> so Emma would have to guard what she was making, you know, so Henry wouldn't come along and crash it. That's, he really enjoyed doing that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to break things down, isn't it? So it doesn't take a whole lot of skill or ability to, to break things. <clears throat> and it's really part of our sinful nature to be destructive, if you think about it. It's just something that, uh, uh, that, that comes very easy to us. And we, we often are destructive in our relationships with our words and our actions and it just seems to happen without even realizing what we're doing. And then many times we try to justify why we did it. Uh, that's, the, that's the flesh. And when people go from one conflict to another, it's because the flesh is in control in, in, in life. And so what is the answer to these problems? Well, we can begin in verse 12 where we read the purpose of these ministers was to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up 
of the body of Christ. That word saints there, it speaks of us who have been set apart unto the Lord. Uh, We are the ones who have come to repentance and put our faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And, And when the Lord saves us, He changes us and He gives us a desire in our hearts to obey Him. And He puts within us the Spirit of God, which enables us uh, to obey Him. And so that's where it begins. It begins with uh, a genuine relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so becoming a person who's a builder, someone who builds other people up, it's not like a New Year's resolution. It's, uh, it's not something that we do by the power of our own strength or determination. We just decide we're going to do it and we go do it. No, it it's, takes more than that. It takes a working of the power of God and it, it requires a submission to, to Him, the Spirit of God in our lives. And uh, He al- allows us to see ourselves. He, we see our, our sin and we can repent and confess that to God. And he allows us to see our self-centeredness. That is just so much a part of, of our thinking many times. And when we can repent of that and turn uh, to the Lord and receive forgiveness and his grace. And it's by his grace that we're able to put off these old sinful habits that uh, we've, we've learned over the years. And, and we can put new Christ-centered habits in their place by God's grace. You see, the gospel changes everything, doesn't it? It changes our whole outlook and our whole focus. It changes our relationships and how we respond to other people. I want us to look at this edification process a bit and think about this spiritual growth that the Lord's talking about here as He's talking about being built up. Well, the first thing we see is that it is indeed just that, a process. It doesn't just happen overnight. Like a, like a building doesn't just appear. It requires some planning. It, it requires a cost to, for the, the, the construction. There's a foundation, and there's a process of building upon that foundation. And, and the Lord has the plan for us, for the church. He's paid for that plan through Christ, and Christ is that foundation, the, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we come to Him in faith, we're, we're, we're built upon that foundation, which is Christ. And the process begins of being built up, of growing spiritually. And this uh, process is a supernatural process. It can only happen by God's power. Uh, if you think about uh, God's grace and what He's done in our lives, this process that of growth is not something that we just decide, okay, I'm going to do it. And, and we, by our own strength, accomplish it. No, it is done by the power of God. It begins at salvation, continues in that same way by grace, day by day. But God doesn't accomplish the work apart from us. And that's important to realize. It's God's 
power, enablement, but he doesn't do that without us. He requires us to be involved in the process of our spiritual growth. Have you ever seen these reality TV programs that's pretty popular now with um, construction work or some type of um, you know, home improvement? There's this one, it's called Property Brothers, and they're helping homeowners uh, renovate and sell their home and then uh, find them a new home that suits their needs. And so in this program, they're renovating their home. In the program, they get the homeowner involved in this renovation, whether it's painting something or or, uh, helping to do something. They're usually show them with a big hammer breaking a wall down or something. And, uh, and so they, they get involved. <clears throat> but, but in reality, the, the builder doesn't need them uh, to do this renovation. In fact, the builder, could, I'm sure, could get done a lot quicker if they didn't get the homeowner involved. <laughs> but they want, they want the, the homeowner to to be involved in the process. They want them to take ownership in this uh, renovation and, and to, uh, to be part of it. And so it is with the Lord. When the Lord saved us, he could have immediately uh, sanctified us so that we would be like Christ instantaneously. Uh, but he's, that's not his plan. He's, he saved us. He's brought us into a relationship with Him, but we must be growing and changing through this process until one day we are with the Lord. And so He wants us to take ownership in the process. He wants us to be involved in the process. And so it requires the exercise of our faith and obedience. We must be committed to it. God changes us and grows us as we submit and obey His will. We must put ourselves in the place of His blessing. You know what I mean? The the Word of God, for example, we must be in the Word, in prayer, calling upon Him, seeking Him, depending upon Him, in the place of of the, the instruction of His Word, and like you are this morning, the fellowshipping together with the saints, the worshiping together, we, we must put ourselves in, in that place if we want the Lord's blessing in our life. We must put ourselves where he blesses us. As we respond to his word, repent and confess of our sins, we undergo this growth. We exercise our faith and, and trust him. And one brick at a time, the Lord builds us up in the faith. Well, as our text shows us here, uh, this process of growth, it happens in community within the body of Christ. The Lord's not only building us up, He's using us to build one another up, to build others up in the faith. Uh, Paul, in writing to the church at Thessalonica, uh, says it this way, 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Well, I'd like for us to look at this 
edification process uh, as a completed edification, a completed building. You know, when, um, uh, when, you, when you set out to build, um, usually have some type of plans, maybe an architect, he draws up plans and, you know, he'll show the, this, this wall is so many meters wide, so many meters high, and you're going to have these kinds of pictures and the uh, windows, and there's going to be a, um, you know, certain size and certain type, and you're going to have a, you know, the patio is going to be so long, and, and you have all these numbers and figures, and, and if you're like, um, if you're like most people, um, you need more than that to visualize what this is going to look like. You need a picture, don't you? <laughs> and, and those plans usually show the final product. They, sh they show the, the picture of what this house is going to look like. All those numbers and figures are and details are important, but you want to see what uh, the finished product looks like. And that's what Ephesians 13 does for us. It shows us what the finished product looks like. Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, there's no uncertainty in God's mind what the body of Christ will look like when we are complete in Him. In reality, positionally, this is into doctrine a bit, but uh, positionally, we're already complete in Him. In other words, when we put our faith and trust in Christ, because we're in Christ, positionally, we, we are complete. Um, you remember earlier in chapter 2, Paul said that we're seated together with Him in the heavenly places. That's our position in Christ as a child of God. Um, if we died this moment... As a believer, we're with the Lord. Uh, that is our, our position as a, in our justification. But practically, we are all in this process of growth, of, of practical growth. We refer to as sanctification of halach mocking. And, and that, that continues on until we are with the Lord. And so, and so Paul here describes uh, this growth unto completion with three phrases there in verse 13. And he, he shows us the end result. And he begins by saying in, in the first part of verse 13, until we all attain. And that word attain there was used to, to arrive at a destination. In other words, you attain unto that Place you arrived, and so Paul Paul shows us here that his uh, this building process is con to continue until we arrive, until we attain unto this final uh, place that the Lord has planned for us. <clears throat> Notice uh, first of all <clears throat> that. This picture that he gives us is that we are unified in the knowledge of Christ. He says, until we all attain unto the unity of the faith 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The unity of the faith is uh, the same as verse 5, that phrase there, the faith, uh, is referring to the body of truth concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And there was this broader truth of the gospel. Uh, Paul would, sorry, Luke, writing Acts, uh, chapter 6 and verse 7, speaks of the faith in this way. Notice, he says, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So he's describing their conversion, their salvation, as coming to um, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and obedient to the faith. And he links this unity of our understanding of the truth of Christ with the knowledge of the Son of God. And so Paul here uses this word knowledge, and, and it's, uh, it's a strengthened form of the word knowledge, the epigenosis. Uh, and oftentimes this, this word uh, is used to imply a fuller knowledge or a complete uh, knowledge or, or more complete knowledge. And as believers, we come to know Christ through faith by the grace of God. And it's this knowledge of God is more than just knowing about him, isn't it? I mean, unsaved people know about Christ. But we've come to know him in a, in a personal way, a more complete way. And we continue to grow in our knowledge of Christ, not just knowing about him, but we, we grow in our relationship with him, don't we? Uh, you think back, you know, to when you were first saved and you begin walking with the Lord, you, you realize that, um, that not only do you know more facts about the Lord, but you know him better, just like as you get to know a person better as you spend time with them. And as you know them over the years, you really, you really get to know who they are. And that is the way it is with knowing Christ. And <clears throat> Paul is describing for us here a picture. He's given us a picture of, of what we're moving towards and to a, a full knowledge of Christ. Uh, notice Colossians 2, verses 1 to 3. He describes this growth in the knowledge of Christ. He says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and all those in Laodicea, and for all who have not seen, my fa- seen uh, me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery. You see how he's describing this growing in this understanding and knowledge, and he speaks of God's mystery, and he says, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Are you beginning to get a a picture in your your mind of, of what this plan of God is for us? He says, secondly, to a, a full, being fully grown up. Uh, again, verse 13 he says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to 
mature manhood. That's the second phrase there. And you can see those phrases by these prepositions, ace, which is here translated to or, or unto. And he says, unto mature manhood. And here Paul switches or he uh, incorporates this metaphor of the body into his description. And he's describing this maturing process as complete, uh, literally a full-grown man. And it stands in contrast to verse 14 where he uses the word children. And there the word children speaks of an infant or a very young child. And, and so this believer is fully grown. Uh, from, from the time of our salvation, we begin this, this spiritual growth unto maturity. The Word of God is our food. The Spirit of God is with us to correct us, to guide us, to help us to each step of the way. And we grow. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. How do we receive Christ? By grace through faith. And it's the same way that we walk with Him day by day. Rooted, he says, and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Also, our growth and maturity is not in isolation. And I think many times we get the idea that this is something that we do by ourselves. Or God does just, just by myself. But the reality is His plan is that it be collectively. That we grow collectively as a body. And He uses each other in this growth process. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's just a, a word that, that just helps us and, uh, and, and encourages for the day. Sometimes we, we see their example and that, that encourages. Sometimes it's admonition. Um, sometimes it's a, a loving rebuke. Uh, you can think about it in your own family. Sometimes you're irritated by each other, aren't you? And in those irritations, you have an, an opportunity to respond in obedience. You have an opportunity to grow. And God uses all of these situations to grow us. He's not, never intended that we should be isolated, but that we together will be growing up into the image of that he has drawn for us and planned for us. In 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3 and 4, Paul writes to the church again there. He says, we, we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, as, it, uh, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of each one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. 
You know, it's very sad when you see a child who because of some form of disease is, is not growing properly. And that often happens. But how much worse is it to see a believer who doesn't seem to have any growth? A child of God or someone who, who at least claims to be a child of God, and yet there's no seeming spiritual growth happening from, from one year to the next, and there's something wrong. There's something wrong when a believer does not grow. Um, if indeed they are a genuine believer. Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 8, and I want to read this section for you because it deals with this reality of God's discipline in the lives of His children. He says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? And he quotes from the Old Testament, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when he re when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens every son whom he receives. And he goes on, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the father does not discipline? He says, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Do you see his point? That if, if we really belong to God and we rebel, we don't confess our sins, we should expect the discipline of God in our lives to correct us and to turn us back to him. See, the Lord's not content with our just drifting along like, you know, like a piece of driftwood down the, down the river. God wants us to be pursuing after him and spiritual growth. Is he, is he pictures for us this grown-up man? Just how grown-up is he? Well, the third point is unto the fullness of Christ. Again, in verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is the end to which God has saved us, that we would be conformed to the image of the Son of God. He is the head of the body, and the body will ultimately be conformed to the full likeness of Christ. Can you see the picture of this completed building, this unified, uh, full knowledge of Christ? Uh, the mature man growing up unto the full likeness of Christ? God wants us to see it. He wants us to know His plan for us as the body. He wants us to recognize the ways in which we come short of this image. It's, it's one, of the, one of the reasons why there is no spiritual growth in my life or your life is when we fail to realize our need. If we don't, if we don't see the problem, it's easy to be blind to our sin. And if we don't see it, we're, we're not going to confess it. We're not going to 
to, to uh, repent of it and turn to the Lord. Because where there's no repentance and confession of sin and no turning and obedience, there's no growth. You must be putting off these sinful habits and putting on the new godly habits that God has planned for us. And he's planned that this growth happens in the community of the body where we, we grow up together and where we love each other and where we ask for forgiveness and forgive one another and admonish in love and encourage each other in the faith. He has planned that we all are builders of the building, which is his body, the church. May the Lord say of us, as he did through Paul to the church at Thessalonica, that your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your word that you've given us. Thank you for your plan that you've carried out and you're continuing to accomplish. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who who paid the price that we could be forgiven, that we could be brought into this body, the body of Christ. Lord, I I pray as we've... Looked into verse 13 in particular as we see this plan that you have for us. This place that you're taking us to. This place of the the full likeness of Christ. Lord, may we see it. And may we be growing and changing by your grace to be conformed to this image, Lord, that you've set before us. This full knowledge of Christ, this this full maturity. Lord, may we not be content with anything less. Help us not to to reach plateaus where we feel like we've arrived and and that we don't really need to grow anymore. We don't need to change anymore. Lord, may we pursue after you. By your grace, Father, know the joy and the peace that you've planned for us. May we know the, the joy in relationships that you've put around us, the good and the difficult relationships. Lord, may, may they be part of your growing process in our life. And by those relationships, may we be building into other people's lives. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus said that if I thirst, I should come to Him. No one else satisfied, I should come to Him. Jesus said if I am weak, I should come to Him. No one else can be my strength, I should come to Him. For the Lord is good and faithful, He will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus, Jesus strong and said that if I fear, I should come to him.
my shield, I should come to him. For the Lord is good and faithful, he will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus, Jesus strong and kind. Jesus said, if I am lost, he will come to me. And he showed me on that cross, he will come to me. For the Lord is good and faithful, he will keep us day and night. We can always run to Jesus, Jesus strong. 